0: We're moving on to this man, John Huss. Please turn your Bibles to Genesis 39. And the big idea from John Huss is going to be trustworthy. We're going to see from Genesis 39 that Joseph was trustworthy in all that he did. And we'll use that as a bridge to show the trustworthiness of John Huss and the deceitfulness of those around him. Genesis 39 and verse 23 says... The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. What an honest man Joseph was as a prisoner being put in charge of the entire jail. Let's look at a great example of trustworthiness in the story of John Huss. John Huss was born in 1369 in Bohemia. If you don't know where Bohemia is today, that's okay because it's a little country and today it's known as the Czech Republic. The Czech Republic. It's just east of Germany the surname huss means goose and it was a name he was fond of using in fact later on while he was in prison he would write his countrymen and ask them to pray that the goose would be set free Well, John Huss became a well-known preacher at Bethlehem Chapel. Around that time, the teachings of John Wycliffe were becoming very popular, especially among the students at the University of Prague. Prague is the capital of Bohemia. The Roman Catholic Church had condemned Huss as a heretic for teaching... That the Bible was the only source of Christian truth. And so, as you can imagine, the more that the Roman Catholics said that the Bible was false, the more John Huss wanted to read his Bible. That's often the way it is, especially with young people. You tell them they can't do something, and they want to do it. You say you can't read it, and they want to read it. You say they can't watch it, and they want to watch it. Well, they said... You can't read this book, it's dangerous. And so, the more they said that, the more carefully John Huss read his Bible. And soon he began using his Bible and preaching against the immorality and the false teachings of the Catholic Church. You see, the Catholic Church was saying that um, the Pope and the priests had the ability to forgive other people's sins. Well, the Bible says nothing of this, but the people didn't know that because they didn't understand the Bible, and now here comes John Huss, and he says, this isn't true. In fact, Huss preached that the Pope is a sinner like everyone else. Well, you can imagine this angered the church, and so they did what all the Popes had done earlier when they find someone disagreeing with them, and they excommunicated Huss, Excommunication means to remove that person from the church. But they didn't stop there. They tore down his church building. And later they burned his books. But Huss kept on preaching. And people loved the goose. And the goose became the most powerful and popular preacher of his day. Great crowds would listen to his preaching. And because they tore down his church... They listened to his preaching in marketplaces, in forests, and in fields. He said that if he stopped preaching, it would be disobedience to God. Well, the Pope then made a law that preaching could only be in approved church buildings. And Huss said, no, I'm not going to do that. Huss said, I can preach wherever I want, and I have an example of Jesus, because Jesus preached in boats. Jesus preached in seasides, and Jesus preached in the mountains, and Jesus preached in fields. The Master told his disciples to go into all the world and preach. Well, when Huss was 45 years old, the church called him before the Council of Constance to defend his teachings. And Huss said, this doesn't sound right. The Roman Catholic Church is lying about all of these other things. And now they say, I'll be okay if I come to this council. Finally, Huss agreed to attend the council when the Roman emperor promised him that he would not be arrested and he would not be harmed. Does anyone know what the emperor's... Name was? Owen? Sigismund. Sigismund. My children love that name. Sigismund. Sigismund was the emperor and he said, Hey, don't worry. Come on to the council. We don't agree with you, but you'll be safe. You have our word. You can trust us. Well, along the way, great crowds. Followed Huss and cheered as they entered into their village. Goose, 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 goose. They loved John Huss coming into their village. But there was also danger lurking in the shadows. Because soon after Huss arrived... Soldiers came to his room and took him to a dungeon. The king had broken his promise. He was not trustworthy. For months, Hus sat in a filthy prison, afflicted by fever, vomiting, and headaches. At times, he was close to starvation. He was handcuffed to a wall at night, and he was not allowed to read books or even his Bible. There was cheats and dishonest men who tried to convince Huss into escaping, knowing that there were people waiting for him. Others urged him to recant. To recant means to change what you believe. One medical doctor said that Huss should uh, agree with whatever the Council of Constance had decided. And even if they said that he had only one eye. If they walked up to you and said, John, you only have one eye. He'd say, okay, I have only one eye. Huss said his conscience would not allow him to do this. He had to speak the truth from scripture. Even if the whole world said he was wrong. Huss prayed that God would deliver him as God had delivered Jonah from the belly of the whale. And as prosperity preachers preach today, as long as you ask for something and believe it, it will happen. But it was not meant to be. In June of 1415, the church stripped John Huss of his church clothes... And then they mocked him by putting on his head a cap covered with pictures of red devils. A thousand soldiers guarded him, imagine that, as he walked the crowded street to his death. The place was called the devil's place. He was given one last chance to recant. He said, I shall die with joy today in the faith of the gospel which I have preached. There were other great words of John Huss. Supposedly, he uttered these prophetic memorable words. He said, It is thus that you silence the goose, but a hundred years from now there will arise a swan whose singing you will not be able to silence. It came true in the great reformation. Then he sang a song before the flames killed him on 6 July 1415 Well, the emperor, what was his name? Yeah. Sigismund. The story doesn't end there. The emperor became the most hated man in all the land for breaking his word and murdering a hero. Jerome, who was one of Huss's disciples, followed his teacher to death. Huss had warned Jerome not to come to the council, but Jerome came anyway and was soon imprisoned. At first he denied the gospel teachings of Whitcliffe and Huss, but then he changed his mind and was burned at the stake like his mentor on May 30th. Well, Genesis 39 tells us the story of another honest man. He was not like Sigismund... He was like John Huss. He was an honest young man. And Joseph's trustworthiness was remarkable for three reasons. Let me give you these three reasons. First, Joseph was falsely accused. Joseph was the most beloved son of his father, Jacob. His brothers were jealous of his love and the fine coat his father had given him. And so at around the age of 17 years old, Joseph was sold to a group of merchants for less than the price of a slave. He was an excellent worker in his new home, but the wife of Potiphar lied about the righteous Joseph and he was sent to prison. You know, Joseph had every reason to be bitter in jail. And he even would be tempted to just be justified in telling some lies. Look at all the lies that have been told about me. Look how I've been falsely accused. I'm doing my job. I'm working hard. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And I'm still not ending out on top. I have a right to tell a little lie here and there. No. Instead, he was so honest that the gatekeeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of the entire jail. Did you know that Muslims believe that lying is justified if it serves their purposes? They say, we're in a war, and so we can lie, and we can pretend, and we can deceive, and we can act this way if it's going to get us out ahead, if it's going to help Islam. Sigismund, the Roman Catholic, and the emperor thought a similar way. Well, I know I gave my word to John Huss, but he's a heretic anyway, so I don't have to tell the truth. No, John Huss kept his word and was trustworthy in all things, just like Joseph. Let me give you a second way that Joseph's trustworthiness was remarkable. Joseph was far From home. No one would know if Joseph took shortcuts. No one would know if he deceived the guards. No one would know if Joseph played with the truth, kind of like the prodigal son. We have something called spring break. In the US. That's when thousands of college students leave their university, leave their parents, go to a faraway place where no one knows what they're doing and they live in sin. But God rewards those that tell the truth even in secret. Psalm 24, 4 through 5 who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord. Brothers and sisters, be honest people. Tell the truth even when you're far away from home. Even when you're in Joburg. Even when you're staying with your granny. Even when you're staying in another village, even when your home is far away, the prison guard trusted Joseph because the Lord was with him. A third reason his trustworthiness was remarkable is that he had a way of escape. Perhaps Joseph thought, God has given me this role in the prison as a way to help me to escape. But Joseph was just as honest in the dark as he was in the light. Joseph was so full of character that those around him could see that he was honest. And just as Potiphar had put his house in charge of Joseph, so did the prison guard, even though he knew that for a prisoner to escape would mean his life. John Haas was trustworthy. Sigismund was not. Joseph was. But the greatest example of trustworthiness is who Jesus Carson? Jesus it's Jesus Christ. The Lord of glory not only tells the truth, he is the truth, John 14:6. He can never tell a lie, Hebrews 4:15, and he always speaks the truth. Paul said in 1 Timothy 1:15, 1, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. That verse means this. You may doubt the word of everyone else. You may doubt the word of your co-workers. You may doubt the word of your neighbors and your parents and your friends and maybe even your spouse. But believe this, Paul says, Jesus came to save sinners. It's trustworthy. When Jesus was tempted by the devil to change his course, in Matthew 4.10, Jesus was trustworthy and obeyed his Father's will. When the wicked, lying thieves on the cross mocked Jesus and told him, Are you not the Christ Save yourself and us, Luke 22. He did not change his mind, but he did the Father's will. He even saved one of the thieves that mocked him. Today, I urge you, trust, trust, trust in Christ. Trust in him, for he is the trustworthy one that will always keep his word and will always give eternal life. To everyone that believes. So today we learned about the goose. We learned about John Huss. How he was trustworthy even in the midst of untrustworthiness. We looked at Joseph and ultimately we looked at Jesus Christ. The ultimate example.